0: Get six year apprenticeships. A few weeks, someone who's bright on a Mac, they're churning out beautiful stuff. There's no doubt about that. So that is how it affected the industry. It shut down hundreds and hundreds of printers. Desktop publishing became the norm. So really, the printing industry just ceased to exist.
1: It it was sensible i mean it is a much better way of working and much easier it wasn't it wasn't so dirty it, it was still unsociable hours you still had to work at night but uh, it was cleaner and easier
2: Welcome to the Digital Works Oral History Podcast. This series is called Fleet Street Remembered, an oral history of London's print workers. London Primary School children interviewed print workers to document what life was like for printers, finishers, journalists and readers in the heyday of newspaper production in Fleet Street. This is episode 5 and explores the confrontations between the police and picketing print workers at Wapping and the effect new technology was having on the industry.
3: I witnessed terribly brutality from the police, awful brutality. I witnessed horses charging into people. I witnessed people nearly going under lorries. I witnessed pickets charging at the police. I witnessed pickets throwing uh, missiles at the police. So all in all, it wasn't a very pleasant time for either side.
4: It could be very frightening, um, whopping, because you, we were being uh, attacked by the police. And one of the things about whopping, it started out as a dispute about jobs. But what the police say is, we hit you because you're here. If you weren't here, we wouldn't hit you. And then the question becomes, do you back down to this intimidation? And I'm proud of the fact we didn't, at whopping. I'm proud of the fact of what I've done at whopping. and I'm proud of the people I stood on the picket line with, because we was under a lot of pressure. It was frightening. We kept it up for a year. It's amazing no one got killed, really.
3: But well, I remember people being beaten up by the police. And that was really shocking. I remember running myself, um, and the police chasing us with riot shields, and we ran towards a pub, and the pub, publican, because he was a local person, he opened his door and let us all in, and then bolted the door against the police. And I think that's when it dawned on me that, that, that actually we were the good guys. You know, we were we were like the cops, not the robbers, if you know what I mean.
0: And they were quite indiscriminate with baton attacks and riding big horses into crowds of defenceless people. But once you're standing in front of the police horse,
4: there's not much it can do. What the police used to do, it can't kick you from the front. If you're looking at a police horse, it cannot kick you. If you're looking at its back, it can kick you. So the coppers used to turn the horses round and get them to kick us. If you get kicked by a police horse, you'll know all about it. It's going to work. So they used to do that, turn the horses round on us. At that point, you've got to run. You've got to get out of the way. When they turn them back, regroup. So there was a lot of running. I mean, I was frightened a lot of times. I don't mind admitting it to anybody. As they say in that colloquial, my bottle dropped out plenty of times at wapping
1: One of the strangest things I saw was that there was a line of policeman on horseback just standing there nothing was happening and then along came a man playing bagpipes and the horses really hated the noise of the bagpipes and the policeman had to lead all the horses away just for one man with bagpipes so not many people know that if you want to get rid of a policeman on a horse you just got to play bagpipes and he'll go away.
5: I had to stand there and I had to see a policeman assaulting my wife in front of me and being unable to do anything about it and that's very demeaning i felt ashamed that my wife was being assaulted by a policeman and i couldn't do anything about it if i'd have done anything about it i'd have been arrested and slammed in the nick and gone away possibly for a year myself
3: and i said i would like your number please and he ignored me and I said, Officer, can I please have your number? And with that, he let go of Peter and he turned to me and he said, You're nicked! And my, my arm was taken, he took my hand and he put my arm up my back and he marched me towards the back of the van. I appeared in court. And eventually, you know, I I gave my side of the story and the policemen were called, the one who'd assaulted me was called. I was found not guilty. And the magistrate said, you know, I believe Mrs Smith is telling the truth.
6: I was arrested five, six times. They were doing it directly to intimidate me, make me scared, make me wonder, make me worry. And somehow or another, I had a temperament that could ride that. And the, the one that ended up was they said, I had pushed a megaphone into the face of a police officer, which I'd never done. And when we had the trial, they just simply lied, the police. They said he'd put me to prison for one year, with eight months suspended. It left
5: me for six months with quite a long prison term hanging over my head for something I never did. There's many things I did do, I possibly could have got put away for, but because I was known as a political activist, along with other people like Mike Hicks, they wanted to take us off the scene. But if I could just mention about that um, colleague of mine who was arrested, for asking a question, I will never forget that, never. And he asked this guy, why was he arresting the, the chap he was putting in the van? He didn't do anything. The lies, he was drunk and disorderly, resisted arrest. <laughs> I thought, I don't believe this is happening. And the magistrates threw it out.
1: A jury at the Old Bailey has been told that two metropolitan police officers concocted evidence against the demonstrator after riots at the Wapping newspaper plant four years ago. Inspector Derek Watts and Sergeant Colin Langston both deny perjury but a video
7: was shown in court which the prosecution claims totally contradicts the evidence they gave. The case against the two officers is that they lied in this London court about an incident involving one of the demonstrators at Wapping. David Johnson was tried here more than three years ago on a charge of assaulting the police. Inspector Derek Watts and Sergeant Colin Langston gave evidence against him. The court was told today that Inspector Watts said on oath he saw Mr. Johnson pick up a lump of concrete twice the size of a cricket ball and throw it at him from four or five yards away. But Nicholas Ainley, prosecuting counsel, showed the jury a video which he claimed revealed what really happened with Mr. Johnson. These pictures were taken by a BBC cameraman and shown uncut to the jury. They were told Mr. Johnson is the man seen in front of the police line. There was no lump of concrete, nothing was thrown. The video the court heard bears no resemblance to the incident described by the two officers. They'd given evidence that he was kicking and struggling when dragged behind police lines. And, when accused of throwing the concrete, said, good, I hope it hurts. Mr Ainley, prosecuting, said the two policemen quite deliberately made up and concocted the case against David Johnson. It was aimed entirely at securing his conviction for an offence of which he was innocent.
8: I saw one night, um, there's an old churchyard there, and I saw one night a um, policeman picking up these railings from the grass. They'd their donkeys, they have been near donkeys years, they are rusty, so I'm picking up the railings and taking them away. The next day on the television, there was um, a police officer who looked a bit like Tony Blackburn at the time, I can't remember his name, um, and he's saying, look what my men had thrown at them. Well, it didn't happen.
2: The eventual defeats of the print workers at Wapping and the increasing use of new technology changed the industry forever. From a massive reduction in workforces to new print factories in Docklands, Fleet Street would never be the same again.
6: We were one of the biggest employers. The printing industry was one of the biggest employers in London of people. And now I think we are so small that we really, doesn't count, but the amount of employment they gave to the people of London, printing alone was enormous. You're talking nine branches, I believe, and some of them had 30,000 members. Some of them were down to, what, 15,000 members. But if you add it up all over London, that was an awful lot of employment.
8: Well, it, it was actually the doors opened for bosses to sort of say, well, we don't need you, we don't need you, we don't need you. Introducing technology, which at that time meant less people, less people in work. At the time I was working for a publishing firm in Sutton. And as I said, when I was father of a chapel, which is a shop steward, uh, there were 280 people in my chapel, which were clerical workers, basically clerical workers, uh, sending film to printers, liaising with printers, working with salespeople, all that sort of stuff, and um, now I think, I don't think there are many production staff, because it's all on screen, Uh, and it's largely tele-sales, type it into a screen like that and go boom, and it's done. Because all the stuff that I know, the type markups and that, you can do it on your screen now, you know? You only need to press shift and arrow key up, and then you can just sort of straight away change the typeface, whereas in those days it had to be done Oh no, scrap that, do another one, scrap that, do another one. Um, and that's what happened. And it, does, it helps you maximize your profits, but it doesn't really help your society if you've got lots and lots of people out of work. I, I, I don't know the answer to that when I'm not a politician. Thank God. <laughs>
9: it didn't affect me at all, but what happened to the workers who were sacked, I was employed by the union by that time because I'd been elected as a union official. So I didn't lose my job, but all of the people who'd been sacked were not reinstated, Murdoch didn't re-employ them and most of them never worked in the industry again because the jobs just simply weren't available any longer. So some people ended up working for the National Health Service some worked for the post office, some did odd jobs carpet laying, window cleaning, things like that, some people ended up being a milkman or a secretary but many of them never worked in the industry again. It was very tragic for people, they lost, many people lost their homes because they couldn't afford to pay their rent or their mortgages, and some people um, even lost their lives.
0: It did bring new technology into the printing industry with a bang. In other words, once uh, Wapping had got up and running on the ATEX system, every other newspaper in Fleet Street jumped on the bandwagon. The technology was freely available. We all went on training courses. I had never been a typist. I learned the QWERTY keyboard and went on to the ATEX system uh, and stayed on it and f- the, uh, transferred to Max, but stayed on it. That's how it affected me. I think it would have happened inevitably anyway, obviously. You can't stop new technology. Murdoch triggered it and it happened with a bang.
5: Sadly, romance rarely plays a part with speed, efficiency and quality. By 1980, much of Docklands had been flattened. Certain reminiscent relics remain, but the slate was clean. Here was an opportunity, and the Telegraph was the first commercial company to take it. The unions objected and Fleet Street sniggered. But soon, all types of commerce followed suit. And not surprisingly, the light soon dawned on the other major Fleet Street titles.
4: Print is high technology. The printed word is high technology. It was, it is, and it always will be. So the arguments about technology, technology is always changing, it's how we utilise that technology and for whose benefit. That's the argument about technology.
3: a lot of people lost their jobs over new technology. I think we was told about new technology back in the I would say the middle seventies. We was told it was coming. They used to call it photo composition then that everything would be done by computer, everything would be done digital, and I don 't think anybody could envisage the scale and the job losses um, that we suffered, because I don't think anybody thought it would come in so quick, although we was warned of it, and um, on such a scale that it did, because there was massive job losses over it, massive job losses. And I still think it's going on today.
6: Well, because I spent six years learning how to do my trade... Uh, When new technology came in, you had to enhance it, obviously, because you knew it was the way it was all moving uh, and that your trade was going to die. But then it came to a stage in the newspaper industry because of the direct input of the copy by the journalists, um, you know, by email or by direct line. Um, Then my side of things were going... So there was little way I could adapt any further than I did,
0: other than leaving the industry and finding something else to do, which I did. Forget six year apprenticeships. A few weeks, someone who's bright on a Mac, they're churning out beautiful stuff. There's no doubt about that. So that is how it affected the industry. It shut down hundreds and hundreds of printers. Desktop publishing became the norm. So really, the printing industry just ceased to exist because everyone was capable, if you like, of printing their own newspaper. Even church magazines become works of art.
5: Whilst there was many sad aspects to the change of the new technology, to the new technology from the old technology, my word, the conditions were so much better.
1: It, would, it was sensible, I mean, it, it, it's a much better way of working, and much easier, it wasn't, it wasn't so dirty. It, it was still unsociable hours, you still had to work at night, but uh, it was cleaner uh, and easier.
9: 15,000 people probably lost their jobs uh, as a consequence of whopping. The 5,500 people were sacked by Murdoch. Uh, but then other people in other newspapers also lost their jobs, but not in the same way. They were, they were jobs that were negotiated. So there was a negotiation, a, a discussion, an agreement uh, with the employers for a reduction in staff.
1: Where I worked at The Guardian, they were very good. They decided they would retrain everybody. Well, not everybody, but they would retrain a lot of people Um, and they were kindly to the people who had to go. They paid them good redundancy money. So it was much more a civilised way of uh, carrying on.
6: I was very lucky to work with some very, very good people. I was very unlucky to work for some very bad people. So in all of that time, I'd seen great changes. I'd seen the very early typesetting and all the rest of it that hadn't changed much in four or five hundred years. And later, I was introduced to the new way of working, the way in which I still work today, which was with computers, which is soulless, but very quick, and very, very profitable, because it doesn't involve people like me.
4: If you work in a factory, and particularly in in the print, where we all knew each other, or, or the section we worked in, we all knew each other, so I miss the camaraderie, you know, where people, the people you see, and every day, and there's a, a banter and a camaraderie. I miss that, and I missed it from, from when I stopped working in the print, which was after the strike. You know, I became a cab driver, but a cab driver, you don't meet anybody, you don't, you work on your own. You know, so I, I, I do miss that. Yeah.
5: When the dispute finished, I found it, I found it too emotional to come up to Fleet Street, and I didn't come up here for around about eight years. I can do it now, I can do it now. I still, I've I've got lots of thoughts, lots and lots of happy memories, but it's still tinged with a lot of sadness, a lot of sadness. But I wouldn't have missed any of the things I've done for anything,
6: really wouldn't. The fallout from Wapping was we ultimately lost all our jobs, all of us lost our jobs. And it was the end of Fleet Street because very quickly Other companies followed Murdoch's example. Not in the same way, not with the same ruthlessness, not with the same deceit, and not with the same people pushing him along, lawyers and so on, who'd set up the print workers to be sacked. And the thing that really makes one angry, even 30 years later, is the fact that we did such a lot for him. Because without the workers, Murdoch could not have got any of the money that would have made him a worldwide media mogul he is today. He seems to have forgotten entirely that it wasn't just his newspaper, it was the workers' newspaper. And that was an attitude that was with us from day one. When you entered print and you produced the job, you produced it as if it were your own. In other words, the standards required were the very highest, the standards you would want if it was your paper, if it was your magazine, your book or your whatever. And Murdoch completely broke that link, so today there isn't the same attitude in relation to most things that are printed. Some are still printed to a very high standard in my opinion, most are not.
2: Thank you for listening to the fifth and final episode of Fleet Street Remembered. The interviews were collected by children from St Matthews and St George the Martyr Primary Schools as part of a project supported by St Bride Institute and the News International Dispute Archive. Archive audio courtesy of Andy Humphreys and Despite TV. This podcast was funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund and produced by Digital Works. To find out more about our oral history projects, films and podcasts, visit www.digital-works.co.uk where you can also view Banging Out, Fleet Street Remembered, the documentary film made as part of this project.